Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Witch Game First interview. This interview is with Christina Rouse from Blue Peg Pink Peg. Hi, Christina. Hey, Celeste. How are you? <laughs> really good. How are you tonight? I'm I'm actually doing pretty good for a Thursday. Right. We're recording a little bit in the evening. It's 8.30. I don't know how old uh, your child or children are. Are they in bed yet? They are in bed. Just one. Um, Harper, she is nine, and we have a very strict eight o'clock bedtime. Wow. I'm jealous. <laughs> I have nine-year-old twins, and they have a relatively loose bedtime. We're usually good about nine. By nine, they're all down. Yeah, we give we give her about 30 minutes to do whatever she wants in her room. Um, so she's probably asleep by nine, I would say, hopefully. Blue Peg, Pink Peg is wildly popular. Your podcast has been around quite a while, and boy, is it long. Uh, yes. Yeah. I <laughs> When we first became, you know, getting into it and getting on the field and you know, oh, everyone was referencing like the length of Secret Cabal and <laughs> and and those fellows go three plus hours sometimes. And I was like, there's no way we would have that much to talk about for that long. And um, I was um, corrected. We have had very lengthy podcasts, but here recently we've gotten down to about two hours and we're very impressed with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the very manageable two hours. I, I feel bad for your editor. Yeah. <laughs> but happy for your fans because I'm sure they love it. Yeah. Do you get a lot of feedback about the length? Um, We did in the beginning, but a lot of our listeners really spend time with us on their commutes. So they don't mind that it's long because they can use it to keep their mind off of their long commutes on, at times. So mm -hmm. some people love that it's been lengthy. Um, some have requested that we try to get it to, you know, 60 to 90 minutes. But I, I don't know that that mark seems a little <laughs> hard to obtain for us. We're a little long winded. Right. Just tell them just to break it up and listen to it in two sections. Then they've got two 60-minute podcasts. Right. Or just enjoy the ride. Just go with it. Right. <laughs> uh, you have another thing in common uh, with me, which is your husband is on the same podcast as you. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's Rob. My husband, Joe, is one of our panelists as well. How do you find podcasting with your husband? Well, so it was interesting. He was the gamer before I was. Um, so I kind of got wrapped into the hobby um, with from his lead um, and very excitedly so because now we have a hobby that we both do together, which as a couple, mm -hmm. just finding time to spend together is important. And so the fact that we have a hobby we both love to be able to do that is really nice. Agreed. But as I'm sure you can relate to, being on a podcast with a spouse can, you know, some you don't always agree. Sometimes there's things that go wrong. And then the poor fourth or third chair person has to endure all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's really good. And I think it helps make our relationship stronger because we're constantly communicating on the show. And so that just bleeds over into our normal day life. So I, I enjoy it. It's nice that I can spend so much time with him doing that. Yeah, that makes one of us. <laughs> no, my my husband and I uh, came to gaming together. We we actually met at a game store. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was playing a D and D game, and he was just this guy who sort of showed up and hung around for a while, and was eventually invited to play with us. 
Uh, <laughs> nice. And then we uh, both have a passion for live action role playing as well. So it it was really nice. I I think I made it a priority to pick somebody that was inside that hobby for mm-hmm. me. I that was a priority for me. And yeah, I think it's absolutely the key. We've been married 25 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It feels like 25 weeks. It really does. The time flew by and having that shared hobby and that shared passion has done a lot to keep us lively and friendly. Mm -hmm. Gaming is such a broad hobby. Right. So many ways you can experience that. I wanted to really talk to you, Christina, about bringing the next generation along into gaming. Oh boy, yeah. So it's it's so interesting. A lot of our friends that we game with also have children, and some who don't have children, and some who have brand new babies. And so <laughs> there's definitely different. Um, lifestyles around gaming and then how you do that with your kids and how to do it well. Um, It's just been a really fun adventure for us. And we're still hoping that Harper likes to game with us right now. And we're just really trying to create an environment where she's going to want to continue doing that as she gets older. Um, The fear is that we're going to be molding this amazing gamer. And then by a certain age, they're going to be like, no, thanks. Yeah, just indoctrinate very well, I think, and you can get around it. Yeah, it's like, oh, we've spent all of this energy, time, and investment in you, and you're just going to walk away from us. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting thought. I had not thought about that. But everybody likes to play a game of some kind, don't you think? And I think even the people, and and this goes across generations, um, like it, even if they think they don't. Or they think they're not a gamer. Like there's something for everybody, which is part of the reason that gaming is so cool. There's just a space for some for everybody. That's right. On our podcast, we have the same panelists pretty much every week, but each of us has a different love of games. Do you find that among your own panelists, you have a broad range of interests? Do your husband and you like different types of games? Yes, all of our panelists definitely have a niche, um, either whether that's a mechanic or a theme that they enjoy more than others. Um, And then thankfully, Rob and I actually have very similar taste in games. He probably would like to spend more time on heavier games, a little crunchier games, Mm -hmm. you know, ones that take, you know, six, seven hours of your day. (laughs) Um, I can entertain those every once in a while, um, but I really liked... I, I enjoy the tile lane game, the ab- the abstract games, mm-hmm. um, things that you can play in, you know, hour and a half. And then our other podcast host, Jeremy, he really likes games that are storytelling games, thematic games. Um, so we do have different niches, which is nice because I'm sure like you all, your listeners align with at least somebody. Yeah. And they get to know who they can trust for what type of opinion. They start to then relate maybe to one of you and know whether or not, like, if Ed liked the game, I know I'm going to like it, that kind of thing. Right, right. So let me ask you about Harper. What are her favorite types of games? So she's she's definitely going to be 
um, her father's daughter when it comes to gaming. Right now, she's really big into uh, Marvel Legendary. Mm. Um, So I think he's trying to create this um, deck builder gamer, (laughs) Um, which is great because I enjoy those games too. There's so many skills to be learned from deck building. Right. And so she's also very big into Pokemon right now. Mm-hmm. Not so much playing the game quite yet, more just collecting the cards, how many she can get. But she does like that idea of acquiring things and then building something of it to be able to do something with it. It's been interesting to see her evolution of her interests. We just um, got Clank Legacy. Mm. And we're going to start playing that as a family. When she was told she could name her character, she about lost her mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we also might have a little D&D player in there that we have not tapped into. Yeah, I think so. And of course, I heartily endorse (laughs) bringing her into Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Do your kids play D&D? My son, Max, is a hardcore D&D player, and the other two really don't have a choice. Okay. (laughs) Since we are uh, such lovers of D&D and role-playing games in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're definitely my favorite type of game, and Joe is a huge fan as well. My son is a game master at nine, which is a little early for his friends. Uh Uh-huh. So he's ends up doing a lot of explaining and a lot of uh, character building with them. Uh, but he's on board. Um, my daughters do love the idea of building characters mm-hmm. and naming them and designing them. My older daughter's uh, 13 and she's a cartoonist. So she really enjoys drawing her character. Oh, cool. Yeah, we haven't quite tapped into the D&D world, but... Um- our co-host Jeremy said that he was going to run a campaign. His daughter is about, I think, well, she's older now. She's 15. Mm -hmm. He was thinking about doing a one-off for the younger kids. So I I think Harper might be into that. I found it to be a real surprise what they bring to the table. So it's been a delight just bringing younger kids in and running a style of D&D that I haven't played in years and watching Max make all the same mistakes I made when I first started playing. (laughs) (laughs) Have you found watching games through Harper's eyes? Has it taught you anything? Um, So what I loved exploring with her was seeing the Switch between doing the actions, um, just you know, playing out the actions that you can do in a game, and then starting to understand strategy. I think that was really cool to see develop. And it was probably, I'm trying to think the game that we saw it the most. I can't recall what it was, but she did something. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's not just taking her turn. She's like thinking about how to win this game right now. (laughs) And it was just super cool to see that because it's not like it's announced like, now I know how to do strategy in board games. Like they just woke up one day and now she started to do it. So I love that. I love seeing the inner workings of their brains just kind of firing and starting to figure things out on their own just from experience and just from playing rather than a parent telling like, well, actually you should do this because if you don't do that, then you're not going to, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Them just doing it on their own is just so cool. So I really enjoyed that part of seeing Harper grow of just her taking that initiative of figuring out how she can beat us, um, which she has done multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that's great. When they can finally get to that point where you're playing the game without any making it easier for them, it's a real delight. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see how she evolves again, um, and then just how we can help support her through that. Uh, we've been pretty cognizant of not trying to force a lot of games on her because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's how you end up with maybe that kid who eventually says no thank you right um, <laughs> when they're asked to play and we just want it to be something she's into rather than something we feel like she has to do because we do it mm-hmm. that's been fun too to kind of just see her slowly start asking to play games rather than us say hey we're gonna play this she's starting to be she started to request playing Mm. on her own which is fun so you say she's getting into deck building now Mm -hmm. what is her favorite game Uh, right now marvel legendary is her probably her favorite game right now so we play a lot of fabled fruit as a family Mm. that one's really fun and interesting just to see the choices she makes as what cards she wants to get into um her hand and try to figure out. So those two, she requests to play uh, Thanos Rising all of the time. She's a big superhero freak. So (laughs) (laughs) anything with that theme in it, she will play in a heartbeat. So she requests to play Thanos a lot only because she likes to acquire all of her Avengers. Uh Uh-huh. So those, those two have been taking up a lot of our time as of late. How about old time games, games that you played when you were a kid? Were there any that you definitely wanted to introduce her to? Yeah. So I, as a child, I was, our family gaming was the, probably the very norm of everybody else. We played Monopoly. We played a ton of Pictionary. Mm -hmm. And just those were like reserved for like family game night, people sitting around the table. So it wasn't so much the specific games that I wanted to expose Harper to. It was more about the experience and the purpose behind the games, which was getting the family together and spending time together. So there wasn't anything that I played as a kid that I was like, oh my gosh, Harper has to play this. I must see my prodigy child, like my child (laughs) play this game. Um, I must pass along this legacy. (laughs) Yeah, the tradition must follow through. Um, It wasn't so much of that. It was um, because, again, we weren't hardcore. I wouldn't even say a hardcore gamer. I wouldn't know what that definition is. But And let's face it, board games kind of stank back then. Yeah, like I, (laughs) there weren't a lot of options. I mean, you had Monopoly and like Risk and um, Scrabble. We played a lot of Guess Who, Mm. um, which there are games now that emulate that same mechanic and theme, which is interesting for her to play those more the deduction games. And I think definitely some mechanics of those, you have to wait until they hit a certain age because just brain development. Yep. Um, But I was... I was in an antique store and I found the game Booby Trap, which is essentially every, wooden pieces, you know, pressured into this little square of a board. And as you pull them out, the spring load gets shorter and shorter and you have to try not to trigger it. Oh, yeah. She loved that. She loved that game. Just those activity kind of games. Yes, they did have clever mechanical games. I'll give, I'll give the 80s and 70s that. Yes. 
Right. Well, and speaking of the battery games, I recently, last spring, played Mall Madness that I hadn't played in uh. <laughs> decades. And I was just like, Harper needs to play this game. And that would probably, I don't own that, but if I did, I would feel nostalgia if she played that mm. with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I love playing Cosmic Wimp Out with my kids. That was something I loved as a teenager. Um, and my husband is a huge word guy, so Boggle is a must for us. Other than that, yeah, there was not a whole lot. So I hear you in not having a whole lot to pass on. Yeah. And now there's just so many options that it's like, yeah, it's going to be really fun to see like as, you know, when they're adults of like, well, when back in my <laughs> day when I was a kid, I played, you know, like you know, all Dixit and people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, what is that archaic thing? They'll be like, remember when games came with apps? Right, like, right. My game had an app timer. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I had to move my pieces across the board by myself. <laughs> right. Who knows what they're going to be like later? <laughs> right. <laughs> Christina, would you like to play a game with me? Oh, yes, always. I always say yes to games. <laughs> I should cl- I should ask what kind of game before I commit, but I will commit full-heartedly <laughs> without asking. You can trust me. <laughs> I feel like I can. <laughs> and actually, the guy you need to trust is our game designer, Mikey G. Okay. Uh, he's one of our fellow panelists, and he came up with this game called Likely Story. Okay. We're going to go back and forth. We're each going to say one true fact, one fallacy about gaming and preferably about our kids gaming. Mm-hmm. And the other one has to guess which one is true and which one is false. Uh, let's just say you guess the true one and you get a point. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'll go first. Okay. All right. One of these statements is true. One is false. This is about Dungeons and Dragons and my kids D&D characters. Okay. My son, Max, plays a sorceress named Giselle who dresses in a special full plate mail suit of armor. Okay. And the other is my daughter, Titi, plays a wizard named Ethan who is an elf and wears a t-shirt with a giant nose on it that says, I heart gym teachers. <laughs> I want both of these to be true. <laughs> um. I'm going to have to go with your daughter, Titi, being the true statement. (laughs) Correct. Yes. Ethan the Elf Wizard is the correct answer. Yes. (laughs) I see that. Like, that's the minds of kids, right? Yes. All right. So I'll go next. Um, So as I mentioned, Harper's one of Harper's games she requests a lot of lately is Thanos Rising. And my parents were in town, and they are not much of gamers. So (laughs) her favorite character in Thanos Rising, well, her favorite Avenger is Black Widow. And my mom didn't Mm -hmm. quite understand that it was a cooperative game. And she took Black Widow from Harper, which left Harper crying in a corner for the rest of the day. Um, so that's, that's that one. Okay. Or, um, Harper refuses to play games at our dining room table if our dog Pepper, who's a little terrier, cannot also sit in a chair and watch us play as well. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, is it, can I ask how much your daughter loves Pepper? Is that a fair question? <laughs> that's a fair question. She loves her a lot. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, oh, is mom that mean? Um, 
Oh, gosh. I'm going with Pepper. Oh, it was actually it's my wrong. mother. My mom is that mean. <laughs> <laughs> you are good. You are good. All right. Zero for me, one for you. Okay. Okay. Question number two for me. If, if you get this one and I don't get the next one, then you get an outright win there. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. My older daughter, Lauren, refused to play Pickles to Penguins after watching Max and Titi play it because it was, quote, too stupid looking. <laughs> or my younger daughter, Titi, refused to play Five Minute Dungeon a second time because it was, quote, too stressful. Ooh, I can see both of these also being true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're making it tough on me here. I'm going to go with the pickles to penguins being too dumb looking. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. Lauren has a very low tolerance for dumb looking games. <laughs> But I will say that I actually played Five Minute Dungeon with a group of nine-year-old girls, my daughter Titi and her friends, and it was wild seeing the different reactions from these girls. Some, a couple of them were like, "Yes, this is so awesome! This is the best mm -hmm. game we've ever played." Because they weren't, you know, they weren't really big board gamers. They came from a pretty vanilla board game background. Yeah. And then one of them was just like palpitating. She was like breathing heavily, shaking the car. She's like, I can't play this. It's too much. Oh, that's so funny. So it was fascinating seeing the different reactions. Yeah. Well, I can definitely relate. Those games that make you stressed out, it's like, wait, why am I doing this? This should be fun. <laughs> right. I love those though. Insanely manic timed games are my favorite. Oh. I mean, I just love a game to be so crazy that you can't think about anything else and it just gets absurd. The more absurd it gets, the more yes. the more gleeful I get. That's funny. The guys can't stand it usually. So you must be really hard to crack under pressure then. You must handle that very well. Yeah. No, I, I live under <laughs> pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I please don't take that as a challenge, anybody. This out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, your your boss isn't listening, are they? <laughs> All right. Okay. You've got two. I've got none. Mm -hmm. So this is a drop dead for me. If, if I get this one, let's say we go to the tiebreaker or something. Maybe. Okay, sounds good. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um. So since Harper was little, probably about two, maybe a little younger than that. Um, Harper and Rob have traditionally, every Sunday that we have available, goes to the local coffee shop and they play board games um, for a period of time. Mm, fun. Or Harper, um, one time we were playing a game I will left unnamed, accidentally mm. ate one of the player markers thinking <laughs> it was candy. <laughs> Our panelist, Evan, is constantly complaining about games with <laughs> meeples and objects that look like candy. Yes. <laughs> we played this one game where there were pastel camels meeples, and he was like, oh, these just look like candies. I want to eat them right now. Yes. We played ones with uh, meeples that look like dots, the dots candy the other day. I think we put that one up on our Instagram. All right. So that's totally believable, but then so is going to the cafe to game. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Tough one. I'm going with the eating, the eating of the the meeple, the eating of the object. No, it was the cafe. <laughs> you should have gone with the cafe. Oh man, I suck at this. <laughs> All right, you are the winner. You're the winner. Awesome. Uh, two to nothing. Congratulations, Christina. You win yes. bragging rights. 
Thank you. I can go to bed happy and fulfilled tonight. You beat the host of which game first? Yes. Which winner first? Christina. Perfect. That was so fun because I think, and I think that's what this whole thing's about, right? Like we play games with our kids to have experiences and to have those memories and then those stories to tell when they get older. And I think that's the whole purpose of why people and why families should be gaming together. Uh, It's definitely provided my family with some of the best bonding. Yeah. Agreed. Because it's pure joy. Mm -hmm. So Christina, before we go, tell me what's going on at Blue Peg Pink Peg. Um, so probably the most exciting thing is that Rob and myself will be at PAX Unplugged coming up in Philadelphia. So <gasps> if anybody's So up- will we. <gasps> you will? We have to get together. Okay, yes, we definitely will. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, awesome. We're doing a couple of panels. Are you guys? No, we so we really treat PAX as kind of our like non-business con. Um, so we like we really like to play games while we're there. Um, so we try not to do anything business-like. Don't tell my guys because they'll be mad that I'm making them work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, I'm going to say we're tangentially working. Of course. But, yeah. yeah. Um, we try not to take a lot of meetings just because it's such a shorter con. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's such a great con to actually game at and they have the space to game. So we will be there. We'll have to get together. Definitely. Definitely. I can't wait to hear about all your gaming experiences. I don't think I'll have that much time to do it. And I've never been to PAX. Oh, you're going to... I love it. Um, It's just a really low-key, low-stress convention that doesn't have like that hype about like having to have that one game that's coming out. So Oh, that's cool. I just appreciate the environment that PAX has. And Philadelphia is a really cool city too. So not that much people see outside the convention center, but (laughs) the last time I was in Philly for a convention was Origins 95. Wow. (laughs) So I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And this PAX is literally called Unplugged. So you're right about it being a chill vibe. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a lot of people that have gone, this will be our third year going, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And everybody says the same thing. Like it's just low key. They can actually get a lot of games in um, and it's growing. So I'm interested to see how the progression of this convention either builds or tries to stay pace with Origins and Gen Con and all the other ones. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's on the rise. Yeah, for sure. Anything else, Christina? Um, No, if anyone's interested, if they haven't checked out our show, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Um, If they're just want to hear me, which, you know, I'm preferential to myself as well. Of course. I'm on Twitter under BPPP Piranha Pig. (laughs) There's a story behind that. And it's D&D related, right? (laughs) Kind of. Rob, side side tangent really fast, Rob (laughs) wants me to play D&D. And I told him that, yeah, and I have this character that I want to be. And he was like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And he's (laughs) like, that's not quite entirely true. So the whole character I had (laughs) built was a scout that has a bag on its back full of piranha pigs that shoot out of a cannon. And he just told me that that wouldn't work out. So piranha pigs are one of, that's it's our mascot for the show. Now, was he the GM? Well, no, this was us just talking 
talking before we even played. <laughs> yeah, tell him to mind his own business and tell him it's between you and the GM. <laughs> yeah, when he told me I couldn't do that, I was like, well, I guess I'm not playing if I can't be my character. So my character is yet to see the life of a D&D game. Really? The Piranha Pig yeah. Cannon? You're yeah. welcome with your Piranha Pig Cannon anytime in our D&D games. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah, it would fit right in. I, f- I feel like that would anybody would want that scout in their group. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's got a, if that cannon has a good trajectory and nice distance, I want it. I want it with me. Right. And, and piranha pigs are very loyal. So they come right back to me. Like I shoot them, they do what they need to do and they come back. And how are you at rolling a D20? Good? Um, much better than Rob. So I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> you're in, you're in. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure to have you. Yeah, this has been a blast. I love it. (laughs) Christina Rouse, everybody from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. All right. Bye, everybody.